Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Monday. <laughs> Crying sounds. <laughs> ah, the one shining ray of a Monday is that within the Liberal Cube, it is Movie Mondays, in which we discuss movies. Meaning I discuss, and you, of course, listen, perhaps discuss. I don't know, maybe as you're listening, you talk. Uh, it's kind of strange of you to do so. But uh, I like strange, and I like you. Something very important to say at the top of every show, but especially on Mondays, is that there will be spoilers. So, this is your one and only spoiler warning, most likely. You have been warned. Uh, another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Something uh, I decided I should add is that we are available on iTunes, and I think it really helps uh, podcasts out if you were to uh, rate uh, the podcast and subscribe to it on iTunes. That uh, that makes them uh, flow much more easily. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, like drinking cranberry juice for your for your for your peeing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much exactly like that. Today's sponsor is a podcast. Huh, that's strange. It is a fishing movie review podcast called Real to Real. Once again, today's sponsor is the fishing movie review podcast called Real to Real. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, today I have three movies, so uh, I am going to attempt to get them done on the way to work. Wish me luck. The first movie is Suicide Kings. Yeah. This is a movie that I am not 100% sure if I've ever seen or not. If I did, it was a long time ago. Uh, not in a land far, far away, but in a land probably close to where I saw this, since I've lived in the same town for 32 years now. Yay. Bolton. Parts of it seemed familiar, anyways. It is available on Canadian Netflix. Uh, so I kind of uh, stumbled upon it, just surfing around looking for something to watch, and I saw it, and I'm like, yeah, this... Either I haven't seen it, and it looks awesome, or I have seen it, and it looks awesome. So regardless, I watched it. Some, uh, some big names in it. Probably Christopher Walken is the largest of the big names. Love, love, love me some Christopher Walken and anything and everything he does. I've never seen him in a role that I did not love. So that's that's an easy one right off the bat. Also, a young Dennis Leary. Uh, this movie must be from the 80s or 90s. Yeah, it's uh, pretty old, relatively speaking, of course. So, uh, Christopher Walken plays, like, sort of a mob boss kind of dude. Uh, Dennis Leary is, for lack of a word, one of his lackeys, his henchmen. 
And uh, Christopher Walken uh, walks into a restaurant where he has sort of a reserved table, always reserved for him. That's that's pretty gangster right there. And uh, there's a couple guys sitting at this table. They uh, kind of strike up a conversation, and the end result is that Christopher Walken is kidnapped by these guys. Uh, eventually, it is five guys who uh, who are sort of large and in charge of his kidnapping. And uh, and that's your movie. The end. Now, it's a, it's a good premise for a movie so far. So the reason that they kidnap Christopher Walken is a little strange to me. It was... I didn't quite get it. What they said was one of these five guys, his fiance, girlfriend, whatever, was kidnapped. So... Uh, because they didn't have the $2 million needed, they decided to kidnap uh, Christopher Walken to get him <laughs> to give them the money. Huh, okay, so that's strange right there, just in the sense of if you're going to kidnap someone for money, why would you take the extreme chance and risk of doing a uh, mob boss type guy who could quite easily... Uh, have people that would kill you? <laughs> that that does not make sense. So their other sort of reason, a reason within a reason, I guess, is that they knew, because of Christopher Walken's connections in this sort of underworld, he would be able to find the kidnappers. So uh, I didn't get that. Like, is it is it they want the money or they want the connections? Why is it both? Didn't uh, didn't make sense to me. Either they want him for his $2 million to give to these kidnappers, or they want him to find these kidnappers and then get the get the girl back. Which is it? And why is it both? No sense, I don't think. Maybe, let's uh, just in the effort for a little audience participation, if you have seen this movie, and I hope you do, let me know what you think, and, and, and maybe I'm missing something obvious. It is quite possible. Uh, I think I can... Sort of, uh, maybe halfway in, we learn that one of these, uh, one of these dudes, these five dudes, is sort of like in a, in a double-cross situation. Christopher Walken's people believe that one of them, uh, is the, is the person or people who, uh, arranged this kidnapping in the first place, so there's some tension grows between the five. Very, very good movie. I liked it. So I'm going to give it a, uh, we'll go four to five. Yeah, four to five. Uh, something sort of added to the tension I'll just throw in is that they cut off Christopher Walken's finger. Ooh. Because they said, like, um, for every body part that comes from this girl, we're going to cut off your body part. So apparently the kidnappers cut off the girl's finger and sent it, so they said, all right, well, we're going to cut off your finger until you decide to play ball. And by that, of course, I don't mean baseball, because that is silly. I'm going to do this, uh, that review there, spoiler-free. I don't think I spoiled anything, because there's obviously some twists and turns and double crosses and crosses, and find out what's going on at the end. And it is a, it is a cool little twist, so... See, I don't always have to spoil things. If it's, uh, like in this case, relatively easy to not do so, I will not do so. So there you go. Folks, I have to stop because I got a lottery ticket. Yesterday's 649 draw was 30-something million dollars. So 
Uh, if I come back from checking this lottery ticket and I'm very excited, you will know why. Yeah. Wish me luck. Back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. So, basically, technically, I guess I lost in the sense that um, I won less than I paid for the tickets. <laughs> so, uh, I put $20 on, which is not something I normally do, uh, but I don't buy tickets very often either. So, I put I bought $20 worth of tickets, and I won $15, so technically a loss, but better than a total wipeout of my $15. I did, um, <laughs> I always say this, and it's ridiculous, I did reinvest my uh, $15 in two more tickets, so you never know. Maybe I'll get to work, and I'll scratch these tickets, and then, um, yeah, movie the second little film called uh, Cargo, also available on Canadian Netflix. Yeah. This is a movie that the uh, missus and I have been planning to watch for like three weeks, probably now. I I, I uh, said, hey, here's a list of movies, pick one, and let's watch it this weekend. And that was like three weeks ago. But shit gets in the way, and it didn't happen until now. Uh, this is about, sort of, the underlying story is human trafficking. Ooh. Which uh, apparently is very serious. Hmm. Uh, I wrote down one little statistic. They, this is not a doc documentary, I should say. <laughs> I'm making it sound like one. I wrote down one little uh, stat they had at the beginning or the end of the movie. I can't remember. But uh, within the states, uh, well, 17,500 people are um, human trafficked. It's probably not correct. Human trafficked each year. So usually, uh, usually of course, women and children, it said, too. Huh. So sad, sad state of affairs, and something should be done, because that is pretty horrible stuff, man. Slavery, really. What, what other human trafficking they call it, but it is slavery at its core. Quite often, uh, sexual slavery, as in the case of this movie, uh, starring a woman named Natasha who is Russian, which I believe a lot of these uh, uh, women are uh, Russian or Eastern European, I, I believe that's the case, who uh, came over to Mexico to be smuggled into the States for a modeling career that, you know, someone set it all up and paid to have her come over, yada yada, and it was all a big scam. So, man, that... I said to the missus, one of the reasons, very happy I'm a man, that um, scams to turn me into a sex slave are very rare. <laughs> I mean, a couple of times I've been tricked into being a sex slave, but not very often. So she's uh, smuggled over from Mexico to the U.S., which that right there is kind of strange, I thought. Like, how would they get her over? They always seem to be so uh, tight at the borders, so I don't know. 90% uh, of the story is uh, a man by the name of Saeed, who is taking Natasha from uh, wherever it is, I guess, from Texas or, I don't know, wherever they crossed in Mexico, to New York. So it's the story of their journey. This, uh, this, this Russian girl, man, she is a feisty one. I think that's the way to go if you're ever captured, is just constantly lose your shit and try to escape. Uh, always be fighting... Never give up, because uh, it seems to pay off 
or almost pay off quite off. The guy, the um, the driver, who uh, is Egyptian, I think actually in the movie he plays an Egyptian guy, and in real life uh, plays an Egyptian guy. In the movie his name is Saeed, in real life his name is Saeed. What? Crazy. Uh, oh, I meant to write down, oh, I did write down his last name. Saeed Badria, B-A-D-R-E-Y-A. Uh, the reason I did that is because he immediately looked familiar, and I think if you uh, IMDB him, you will uh, you will recognize him. He's been in, I wrote down some of his movies, uh, he's been in Seinfeld, he did an episode of that, uh, Independence Day, Iron Man, The Dictator, I think most recently, just a, a very memorable face. Okay, uh, that movie I'll give a 3 out of 5, not too shabby. It was, uh, watched it with the missus, as I said, and it was uh, not quite like anything we've ever really watched. We usually kind of stick to comedies and horror. So it was nice to get in something a little different, even if it was, like, it, it will make you cringe. Definitely, it, it, it's a cringy movie. Okay, so, lastly is, you guessed it, a little anime movie. We're, I think, four for four. Four weeks in a row. I, three or four? Or four or four? I can't remember. Three for three or four for four. Bringing back anime movies as I have promised. This one, also good. It, uh, I remember talking last week, because the first one I watched, I gave a... Did I give a two or a three? I think I gave a two, two. And then I gave a three. And then I gave a four. And I thought maybe I'd give a five this week, because it seemed each anime movie I watched was getting better than the previous one. Uh, that wasn't the, wasn't the case, but this one was still good. I'll give it a four. The movie is called uh, Sword of the Stranger. Sword of the Stranger. Or, as I like to say, Sword of the Stranger. It has things you, uh, things you, meaning things I like in an anime movie, which is super bloody violence, so that I love. One thing uh, I think could have made this a five out of five, is if it took a little, a little uh, walk, a little perhaps strayed a bit into the realm of like fantasy with monsters and shit like that, crazy shit. However, this was set sort of in the real world and kind of uh, feudal, feudal Japan. That being said, awesome fights, super bloody. Uh, it's about a boy and his dog who is the target of like a group of assassins. Not so much assassins as want to capture him for some sort of mystical rites that will grant someone, the emperor or whatever, out of the bad guy, grant him uh, immortality. So I guess that's a little mystical-y, but I will spoil the fact that it never actually happens, so we don't know if it's just kind of bullshit the whole way. Boy and his dog come across uh, a stranger with a sword. <laughs> who, through sort of a series of events, kind of becomes his protector, his, I should say, reluctant protector, because he's kind of just like a, like a lone wolf who wants to be on his own and nothing to do with anyone, but kind of uh, falls in with this kid, I think is a good way to say it, and ends up protecting him from the very, very bad men. The baddest of the bad men... <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny because he was uh, a white dude. <laughs> most of the most of the bad guys, the stranger faces, are Asian, as you can imagine, in feudal Japan. 
However, like the worst of the worst was this blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. <laughs> so uh, I like that. Racist? I don't know. Is it racist? Because I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in anime, ninja, movie things before, where like the really, really bad guys are, are always white, blonde-haired, white. So I wrote down a few. I'm almost at work, but let me just run down a few of the bad guys he faces, because there was cool. There was one, the first one was cool. He had a giant whip. And when I say giant... I mean, it must have been, like, 40-foot-long whip. Uh, another guy was cool. He had, like, a, a... It was sort of like a sickle that broke into three parts that were sort of attached by chains. Uh, so that one was cool. Uh, and then last... I guess the last thing he faced was the white-haired devil uh, with with a sword. So sort of sword versus sword. The, the one uh, thing, too, that I wanted to point out is that the... The blonde-haired super bad guy. He was one of those guys that you get in these kind of movies a lot that he has been searching for a worthy opponent. So he basically will just go and travel and then look for people who he thinks he can fight and will be a challenge. He likes the challenge. He's out there for the challenge. It always ends badly for those guys. They'll come up against, you know, hundreds of people who they will beat, but there's always the one that gets them in the end. Speaking of the end, it is the end of this podcast. It almost worked out like that. Folks, that was it, and I love you. And even, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.